I'm Alicia. And I'm Ashley. And we are Murd Nerds. Hey there. Welcome back. What's up? To another week of Murd Nerds. If you're new to our podcast, hey. Hi. Welcome. Nice of you to join us today. You're in for a treat. Oh boy, are you ever. We are a weekly true crime show where we cover all kinds of weird and mysterious cases of the murdered, missing, and unsolved from all over the world. Each week, either I or my co-host Ashley tell a story that we looked into and then Ash, our producer Jeremy, and myself discuss how we felt about it and talk theories. Speaking of Ashley and Jeremy, how you both doing? I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Shout out to everybody who came out to the Mean Bean a couple weeks ago. Yes. yes. It was a blasty blast. It was, so much it was fun. a blast. That was so fun. Jeremy sings like an angel. <laughs> it's true. It is I, true. Uh, it's the first time I actually had to, you know, hold Ashley off. I was like, no, oh, no, you can't. Up. I'm married. I'm when married. you sang <laughs> Wicked Game, I was like, oh my God, it's such a good song. Bobby brought her A game. Oh, yeah. She did. She sang what, the Cranberries. Or- yeah, yep, she did yeah. Zombie. Yeah. So good. I love that song. And every time I hear it, I think of uh, Skylar's Bachelor Party. We d- They did like a, a Bachelor Bachelorette Party combo, and we got really drunk and walked down to Hoople's, and there was uh, karaoke that night. And Gunner and Skylar both sang Zombie, and it was <laughs> the whole place was just fucking lit. That's awesome. Really I fun. like doing uh, karaoke at hoops. It's a lot of fun. She she enjoys doing that one, and I told her as like uh, we're still looking for fillers, babe. So you're getting up to sing Zombie with us. She and was so like, nervous. Yeah. She did so good. This is why she doesn't do it much anymore because it's just it's unnerving. Oh, yeah. Well, and especially even with like a small intimate crowd. I mean, it was bright. I mean, the lights oh, yeah. were high. That's not like it was a stage or yep. you know where. Yeah, You're kind of blinded by seeing in the crowd, but yeah. yeah, yeah, and the crowd is dark, and you have all the light on you. But yeah, it's just it actually so I intimate. like it lit like that because I can see everybody because I've been on those stages where and I've got pictures of me with my hand up over my face trying to see out into the crowd because the the stage lights are so freaking bright and it's like what this sucks. What was the last song you sang that warmed your heart? What was the last it song? It was we like did? a some some kind of America song. And what you oh, were like, rockin', we did Rockin' in the Free World last. Rockin' yeah. in the Free World, and we're like singing, and you're like, you guys are so awesome. This yeah, is so Yeah, you guys awesome. did great. You guys were wonderful. Because yeah. I was spent. I, you know, the week before, uh, I had been in Kansas City for the AFC Championship game, and it was so cold. And I started getting sick about Wednesday from being out in that cold. And I was really, really concerned that, uh, you know, because I don't really perform that much anymore. And I was, performance issues. I do. <laughs> That's it, nothing to joke about, Alicia. It's not. It's not funny. <laughs> I'm not amused by that. Don't spit your pop out all over the <laughs> fucking microphone either. With all your, your I'm nose sure you prefer for just great. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so, yeah, I was really concerned about and And by the time we got to that last one, man, my voice was starting to go. Well, and I can't even imagine playing guitar for that long. I mean... That's a long time. Does it your art your hands get tired? Because no, like my fingertips get a little. A I was little gonna rough, say yeah. I played my ukulele for like twenty minutes last night, and I was like 
<laughs> like I just, you will get and those are nylon strings yeah, you'll not get even, used to that though they will do dig in I mean, that's what yeah that's what yeah. i read you'll get like calluses yep. and then yeah. that's why i don't do dishes in my house because you cannot <laughs> get them wet the calluses will peel off just so you know how do you shower that's why you don't you know, oh this shower, hand never gets washed doesn't wash. so I, just, I just stick it out <laughs> the shower cover it in a plastic bag like <laughs> if you have a cast <laughs> what that's that's from um who's the hand model is that from uh zoolander, zoolander. Oh, <laughs> he's got it in a glass <laughs> container, in a glass container. <laughs> hey, this hand is very very important i've got sorry no you're i've right. got one more question for you uh-huh what are you doing sunday for the super bowl we are actually, uh, of course, by the time this comes out, we'll yeah. have been at, we're going to Gunners. Okay. Normally, normally back in the day when Kansas City sucked so fucking bad, and it was all, you know, it was, sometimes it was the Colts and the Bears, sometimes it, well, most of the time it was the Patriots, and uh, we used to, you know, have parties everywhere. Scotty T would always throw a, a Super Bowl party or whatever, and I always said that once Kansas City made it into the Super Bowl, you, they would not be anywhere but my own home mm-hmm. because i am a loud obnoxious no person when it no. comes to the chiefs no. so and that's so intense like you, you you're so close you can almost taste it so they've got that theater, i'm sure when like they? they're yeah. fucking yeah. up or something it's like no you oh, know yeah. like yeah you're screaming at the tv I can't why imagine, are you not like being that ball? passionate why about are you it not running the ball but, uh, you know, when you're with 76,000 of your closest friends, you're all shouting the exact same thing. That's it's true. pretty awesome, That's though, true. too. But. I am still so surprised you guys didn't go. I know you said you weren't going to, but... It's expensive, isn't it? Well, it they is already fucking tickets, though. 6000 to $10,000 a ticket. Whoa. Um, plus whatever airfare. Uh, when we were driving to Kansas City for the AFC Championship, Bobby looked up and she goes, like, would it be more sensible for us to fly? Oh, yeah. And just catch an Uber to the Airbnb. And so, just real quick, uh, a normal weekend, Saturday to Monday, uh, from Fort Wayne to Kansas City was like $350 uh, round trip. Mm -hmm. On AFC Championship weekend, they jacked it to $950. I'm not round surprised. trip ticket. I forgot. And with your pass, you don't get it. You get put <laughs> in the lottery, so you have a chance of getting yep. one. And we had our email uh, almost immediately. But well, we got home. And just a shout out to Phil. He was the MVP of getting us out of that parking lot. I just fucking closed my eyes and said, uh, "Just do your thing." <laughs> he went up over the hill. Went through two lines of cars that are all waiting to get out, and as we got down to the towards the one spot, he found an opening. Jumped over to the players, <laughs> he jumped over to the players' exit, and <laughs> shot out of that motherfucker like. No. Was he in like a truck yeah. or a jeep or something? He was like in, driving uh, over uh, SUV, and yeah, shit? yeah, yeah, SUV. <laughs> That's nice. nice. So shout out to Phil. He definitely. Uh, Took MVP on getting us out of that parking yeah, lot. Yeah, I just wanted you to be able to talk about your your team for my a minute. My team I know is going. So proud. We, as we record this, the Friday before the Super Bowl, my boys are going. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be an intense Saturday. So either Jeremy and the the next week is gonna be really sad or really happy. Right. Okay. So let's do this right now. Where you right now say something. Because if they win, we'll play this track, and then say something for if they lose, and then we'll pick which track yeah. to there you put go. in. I, I uh, they're not going to lose, so it'll be okay. <laughs> Make sure if uh, if they do lose, you come in and go. They in fact lost. Yeah. yeah, you have to add that clip in later, and also you can't cut 
<laughs> anything, any of that. Yep. <laughs> they, in fact, lost. Oh, that look, I can squeeze that right in there. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Uh, man, it's going to be a great game. I'm excited. Uh, I've lost the intensity for... Um, that I when you know I've been a Chiefs fan for for 30 years and for a big chunk of that they were a losing team and you know when you get to the playoffs and so many times and you lose um, once we got that Super Bowl win uh, what four years ago I've been way more relaxed about the playoffs and the Super Bowl and right you know if they win I'm because you can I'm ride that excited. for f- at least yeah. four or five years yeah. so and now you're back again so now you got another four this or five is years three out of the last four years we've gone to the Super Bowl wow, we, wow. I say we like I'm fucking <laughs> you know well no everybody yeah. talks about their team like yeah. that that's um, crazy I see I don't even follow football I didn't even know that that's yep. cool as fuck good for you guys yeah go Chiefs go Chiefs go Chiefs um, so I have something that <laughs> I got to share with you guys. She kept saying on the drive over, she's like, I cannot wait to tell you this. And I was like, what? And she's like, things. no, I'm going to tell you on the podcast. I'm like, are you frick? Why would you even say anything then about it? Two, two, two different things she did. Though. Okay. Well, I'm not going to name any names, but if you know us, you know where we're from. Mm-hmm. And, uh, if you know where we're from. And you have a child that's enrolled in the school, the local school. You would have gotten this piece of material in your mail, okay? Is it like a newsletter or? Yes, it's like okay. a it's like a school wide newsletter that comes to uh, the student's address. Oh, and they take pictures of the students and they write little blurbs about what's going on in the school for that season. Da 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 da. Oh my God, is Azure in it? He's not. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> As I'm. Scrolling through, I just take a gander. I don't. I, she's not scrolling. Sadly, she's flipping. It's sadly. It's I, it, yeah, it's a whole. It's a. It's one page, folded in half, front and back. So it's like four pages, including the cover. And uh, oh my god, I I'm I brought so it with me. Oh my I need, god, open! <laughs> I need to show you guys the picture that's inside of here because on the outside it looks fine. Is it a full page picture? I'm so fucking ready. On the outside, the picture is totally normal but once you zoom in a little bit okay to the back of this child's laptop that they put in this widely distributed <laughs> oh no <laughs> ashley i want i want you to tell the audience what's okay. on the back and i'm gonna crop the picture and post it with our social media Just stuff the laptop. i'm gonna yeah i'm not gonna put the kid in it or any defining features of the child so nobody will know who the child is um that she way people that are not within me. our town she is reaching for that paper <laughs> with now there's two things on the back of this laptop mm-hmm. and I want to see if you can ice buy it and tell okay. the audience what is on the back of this. All right. She's she's So it's going this in, child right here. She's going okay. in carefully to look at the laptop. Okay. Uh, she's looking at <gasps> it. Oh. <gasps> oh. I see both of them. <laughs> and then is that a gorilla with a corset on? I don't well, know. <laughs> okay, let me I, now I got to yeah, look. Yeah, let Jeremy look. <laughs> and I want I want each of you to tell me what you see on the back of this. Okay, I see both things this for sure. School published <laughs> Oh my god, my eyesight's so fucking. I can tell you, Jay. Yeah, you might have to tell me. So there is a post-it note that says "Eat booty." When how how he didn't (laughs) how he didn't get in trouble for that, in and also got his picture taken in that past. How many people? That's insane. And then there's also a penis on there, like yeah, is that the green? There's a big green penis. (laughs) 
and then a post-it that says that is epic the best part is look at his fucking face because he knows exactly what he's doing (laughs) i didn't look at his face he knows exactly what's going on (laughs) but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna share the child i'm just gonna share the back of the laptop that is really funny he needs he needs those thug glasses on right Uh, now (laughs) he's a middle schooler okay why what does eat booty mean besides Um, what the obvious you know eat booty okay there's there's not something Mm -hmm. else that's trending he's probably like oh shit i'm gonna get in trouble and he's like but for good reasons fuck yeah watch this take my picture that's really funny (laughs) yo see and i got in a big i got in big trouble i remember i drew a dick on the back of um one of my classmates um, but he was filling out a march madness paper during class and i was like you can't we're we're doing class and so I drew a big dick on the back, and he told on me, and I got in trouble. And I was like, I'm sorry, I was doing the assignment, and then I was practicing biology or, like, health or something <laughs> by drawing the <laughs> anatomically correct penis, by the way. We were very talented and still are. Was it straight up, drawers. or did it have just a slight curve to it? It had a curve. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm more impressed. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty impressive. As well as Logan is right now, I'm sure. <laughs> so, this week, I'm taking us back to a question asked by TikTok user at Jake Denton one um, Excuse me, Jake Dayton. Oh, one. is this a cousin guy? Yes. God but, damn it. You know, remember him, the one who asked the morality question about cousin humping? Well, there's no familial... <laughs> cousin humping! <laughs> there's He's no... blow past that. There's no familial bonding this week. But there the was something. Week. There was something that came up in, in an episode of something where they were talking about your cousin and oh, it's some commercial. You ever watch? Uh, you ever watch that guy that does the watching TV? He's on TikTok. He's on Reels. He's on all those. I don't know. There was like a Folgers commercial where the where the the son comes home. It's and, like the best part of waking up. Yeah, yeah. And, I think I did see that. And then that it ends up, he, they find out that he's sleeping with his sister. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I did see that. Sorry, go ahead. I, we interrupt your question. Oh, no, you're <laughs> totally fine. This is a long-form question, I guess. Long uh, form. We're not surprised. I'm going to have to write down this. Everything question. with Alicia is long-form. <laughs> Wink. Penises. So... <laughs> <laughs> Now, envision this. I'm hosting a dinner. Let's say a dinner for all of Golden Mojo Entertainment. Oh, nice. Oh, that would be fun. We should do that sometime. Hey, Golden. (laughs) Hi, Golden. (laughs) So all the hosts from each of our podcasts are joining us for this dinner. If you haven't yet, please give each of the podcasts within Golden Mojo Entertainment a listen. Links will be in the show notes. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) I'm hosting this dinner, but... You have to arrive late because before the dinner, you've gone on like a hike or like a marathon. This is imaginary. Don't worry. Um, (laughs) I would have been late anyway, so I will be late. Exactly. Um, Just some strenuous activity that you really shouldn't eat beforehand. So on the way there, you are starving, right? You haven't eaten all day because you shouldn't eat before a strenuous activity. You'll get tum-tum ache. um, And... You forgot to pack that damn protein bar that you had sitting out on the kitchen counter for a post-workout snack. So your tummy is just growling. Hunger pangs are in full force, and you think your stomach may just eat itself. Right? I wish it would. (laughs) (laughs) The four-course meal right here. Seriously. (laughs) You arrive at my house ready to chow down. I open the door and out wafts the most incredible smell that you've ever encountered in your life. We're talking Looney Tunes style 
right out the door. Your nose lifts you up off the ground. You're floating in the air on a wave of deliciousness and you're just visibly drooling. There's a puddle underneath you. You know, you cannot wait to sit down at the table and feast with all of your friends who are already sitting down in preparation for the meal. But I don't like where this is going. Yeah, it's, it's a fucking person that we cooked or something. As I welcome you inside, you notice something about me that's just kind of weird. It's kind of bizarre. Uh, something different, something that definitely wasn't a point of content the last time that you saw me. My left arm is missing. And I notice you looking at the space where my arm once was and say, oh, didn't you know what was happening today? Why, this dinner is such a big deal. You shake your head because you can't possibly form words due to shock. So I let out a little giggle and say, uh, we're having my arm for dizzy din- dinner, silly. Dizzy dinner. So I drag you inside. I walk you to the table where everyone else is talking amongst themselves about how excited they are to try human flesh. Um, as you eavesdrop into the already established conversations, come to find out, this was one of my lifelong goals. I've wanted to try human wheat meat and willingly gave up my own arm to do so and allow everyone else who has also wanted the chance to try. So I bring out a silver platter with dinner Why steaming on it. Why does everybody know that except for me is what yeah, I want to fucking that know. That's a good question. I would have skipped well, that psycho part. This Sorry. is Imagination Central right now. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so I bring out a silver platter with dinner steaming on it and honestly you would have never assumed it ever to have been a human arm. It's lost all of its structure and simply looks like nothing more than something served at a five-star restaurant. I've been roast. It's been roasting in a crock pot. Actually, I have been roasting in a crock pot. <laughs> was that a mistake? And then you're like, I got to run with that. It was. <laughs> um, it's been roasting in a crock pot all day, mixed with fresh herbs and spices and even garnished with sides of carrots and potatoes. And someone stands up and starts cutting into the flesh because, you know, I only have one arm, so I can't do it. Um, <laughs> but your stomach is going absolutely nuts now that the smells are added to the visuals. It's so juicy and perfectly cooked. It just falls right off the bone. Oh, Everyone no. sits anxiously with their plate in their hand, waiting for their turn to get a chunk of meat dropped to them. Watching all your friends partake and knowing this was completely consensual, do you join in on the feast? No. Do you eat human flesh, your friend's arm that offered, that was offered over completely willingly and excitedly? No. I do not. I leave and I go to McDonald's. That's probably serving human Bitch, flesh also. Bitch, you drink too much Pepsi. I ain't eating your flesh. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is just, even when you were describing it, I was like, no, no, Ugh. awful. That's awful. Also, you have to pull all of your questions apparently from this guy from now on because this is these are real conversation starters. No, the the other ones I didn't think were as good, but I you'll see later. You'll, oh, okay. You'll see in two episodes. Oh boy, Jeremy is. Are you contemplating? I am. I'm contemplating. Ew. I'm contemplating. Jay, no, you don't eat arms. Oh. Only cow okay, arms. Okay, 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 okay. Why well, eat chicken wings? <laughs> okay, chicken arms. And that's not consensual. Well, you can't speak chicken. You don't know it's not consensual. Ashley, come on. All these little chickens <laughs> running around without any wings. Without any beaks. They breed them without beaks now. So, oh my God. So I'm starving for starters. McDonald's is four blocks away. <laughs> 
Sorry, I'm not trying to shame you. You do you, bro. You <laughs> I'm do just, you. I'm thinking. <laughs> he's thinking. <laughs> it's just he's thinking. So wait, it was your left arm? It was my left arm. <laughs> I'm right-handed. <laughs> I'm right-handed. I'm trying to matter. I'm trying to think is there going to be some ink t- ink taste in your arm i mean you know is that gonna add flavor i mean you know you know that arm is all tattooed up my so it's pretty there's a lot of color there's a lot of color and you can't tell that it's an arm you cannot tell that it's an arm (sighs) okay and how muscular are you in this hypothetical hypothetical situation i mean roy gives me nice massages so it's definitely like a nice wagyu like tender uh, a wagyu it's a wagyu (laughs) Japanese wagyu. I'm scared of avians. What? Okay, real quick. All right. What else is on the table? Just the potatoes and carrots that come served with out of her butt. (laughs) She pooped them out. (laughs) So there's nothing else to. I mean, you're going to have freezer, refrigerator, cabinets are empty. You only can eat the arm. Are you going to eat the arm? Are we trapped in this house? Is this trapped a hostage in the arm. situation? <laughs> <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. I'll just eat the Wait, potatoes. Wait, what are you carrots. doing? Are you picking scabs off your arm right now? <laughs> what are you doing? I'm trying to justify whether I want to try human meat from your arm that you gave up and you're over there picking away at your arm. <laughs> that is a really good start and intro for a really fucking good psychological horror movie, though. Can I just say that? Sure. Picture you can that. Say that. That's how the movie copyright. Would start. We're, that, nobody take that. <laughs> Wouldn't it be his copyright? But yeah, like, just think about that. The, the walks in the house. It's like, uh, what's that movie? Um, um, crap, crap. Oh, Get Out. It's like it starts off oh, all cool, yeah. like they go to dinner with the parents, go to the house, they're visiting, and then you're like, what the fuck is happening? That was like That would be like that. It would start out all normal, friends hanging out, maybe eating some finger foods, not literal fingers. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> and and then you bring out the arm. <laughs> That's crazy. Because I could just picture you be like, like with a smile on your face, like, yeah, we cut off my arm so we could eat it. We all wanted to try. Do you want to try with us? Like, woo, grippy. Yeah, there's so many different factors in this. Okay, let's just take away all the creepiness that you portrayed in, or the face that she said you're going to make. Okay. Because that would be creepy. Like, oh, yeah, we're going to try my arm. I think that do you do you pass up the chance to try? Consensual human flesh. Yeah. I think I might. And the reason I ask what else is on the table because I think I might try a bite. I think I'd try a bite. I mean, everybody else is doing it. Everybody else, it smells good. It looks good. I think I'd have to try it. All right, if Jay tries it, I'll try it. <laughs> See, <laughs> and that's that's why there's your friends there too. All of and yeah. it's your arm. Yeah. God, no, because that's drinking the Kool Aid. Then we all die or something. No, nobody dies. Nobody dies. This is just. Remember, you can't get. Yeah, pregnant. but I would die inside. <laughs> can't get pregnant. You can't catch the disease. Die. You know. <laughs> <laughs> wow! God damn it! That's I so could I could not one thousand and ten percent. I could never eat human flesh. It literally makes my stomach turn, and I was getting a little nauseated. <laughs> Just writing it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, man. Ugh. Ugh. No. Like I have a hard time with just like normalized meat eating right it's like a struggle. i can't like if it has like a face like a fish you know they just well there's, a, there's a like, difference nope. between that yeah i mean if you get a filet or whatever you know even if it's if sushi i see blood or whatever nope. 
Oh man, I like I like my meat it's a little. It's not a little, even blood. Little so rare. you want yours a little raw when I no, cook my arm? No, actually, I prefer your arm to be cooked all the way through. Please, thank you. <laughs> you, you guys what like this you white see? meat? You know what I think too? I don't <laughs> even think it would be it, right? worth it because I yeah. don't think that human meat would even taste good. I just think there's something biologically wrong with that, and I just don't think that it would even taste good. So why even try it? So years ago, when I was bartending at the the local uh, uh, steakhouse, um. The cook back there bought frog legs. Uh, <laughs> have, have you ever never tried them? Have you ever tried frog legs? I hate. I think frogs I have. They used to sell them at Pat's Bar, I think, in La Paz. Right on. Well, he was he was an amazing cook, and he's like, Jeremy, you got to come back here, and went back in the kitchen, and he's got the frog legs, and they still look yeah, like they're frog frogs legs. legs yeah. yeah, and he's like, you got to try this. I I ordered some special in, and because he wanted them, and he. He's such a great cook, so I jumped in. I grabbed one. You gotta, get, I don't, don't. <laughs> you hopped right in. I hopped on that bad boy. You've got to get past what you're eating and the visualization of what it is to try it. And I think that's kind of where you're at with that with that question. If you can get past the fact that you know that it's a human arm and just try it to see what it tastes like. I mean, we do the same thing with beef or chicken or whatever. Yeah. We we season it differently, or we try a different cut of beef, or we, or or anything like that. I mean, it's just it's still meat. It's meat. Mm-hmm. No, the Dahmer people hurt. did it. The Dahmer <laughs> people did it to survive. <laughs> I know. The Dahmer people did it. Yeah. Wasn't the Dahmer the, the plane crash, right? Yeah. No, it wasn't the Dahmer. What it was it that was the plane Oh, I thought crash. you were talking about like Freddie Jeffrey. Dahmer, and I was like, that's no, a weird way to word Jeff that. that? Or, Jeffrey yeah, Dahmer. Jeff, Sorry. Jeffrey Dahmer. Did I say Freddie? You did. I, I think mean, we I got just, a lot of different things. I think I'm what was now. the name of the, uh, the the plane that crashed? In, I thought it was the Dahmer. That's what I was thinking. You could be right. I just, when I hear Dahmer, I think, I think of Jeffrey, Jeffrey Dahmer. Dahmer. Which yeah. is ironic that they both ate. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I was like, don't word it like that. I think about. Um, like I'm a finger chewer and like I chew on the inside of my mm-hmm. cheek and chew on my lips and stuff. And I'm like, am I literally just cannibalizing myself? Yeah. You are. I mean, do literally. You, do you swallow, like chew oh, and swallow? Yeah. And that's a really gross thing to admit. But yeah. <laughs> like if you look at my fingers, my fingers are I'm one of those. I'm, I'm one of those. Ladies and gentlemen. I don't eat my boogers though. <laughs> that's right. Alicia I the line. <laughs> has just admitted she swallows. <laughs> <laughs> We've known that for years. Um, yeah, what's what's Hannibal Lecter say? And I'll, I serve it with a nice, nice Keontae. <laughs> <laughs> nice, yeah, Keontae's good. I like Keontae. So uh, the Jeremy, whole what's your golden, answer? I, I would try it. I would try a bite just I, to see. Mine's not. I might be delicious, and I may be like, well, fuck it. You know, I'll just cut off my own arm. Then. No, I'm not cutting off my <laughs> own arm. As I stand today, not being in the situation, I've got to stick with my no. Yeah. Right on. For that one. I think I'll try I it. wish you'd ask me one where I'm like, okay, yeah, but we're just not. Just You're not there to, yet, are you? We haven't came across a question that I will Maybe consider. episode 62. Cause I'm back on that even numbers, bitch. Yeah, I know. I lost. <laughs> well, well, I'll get it back. I'll get it back. Don't so, worry. by the way, yes. you oh, yeah. brought up you brought up Golden Mojo Entertainment. That was in all the podcasts. That's who you're serving your body part to. Yeah. So we need an answer from each of the podcasts. <laughs> oh yeah, and I guess we should acknowledge that you're you had an episode last week, and you're having an episode this week. We we had some uh, we did some special stuff this week, and that's what caused. Yeah, there's a little discrepancy and. 
numbers. Yeah, I'm pissed. Totally no. going to throw off my editing. But Sorry. I wanted to put this out there, and we talked about it in uh, last week's uh, Golden Image podcast. Apparently, if we can get Golden Image podcast over 4,000 views, we will bring back Slam Jam 2023. Oh yeah, that's a look. So, golden image, <laughs> golden, Im- gold, yeah, Same golden thing, Im- like dogs. Exactly. Like, oh, you want a treat? <laughs> uh, for for those that know what Slam Jam is, it was in the two thousand two thousand and one. Uh, we used to do this um, all day volleyball, and then the <gasps> night was all just bands playing. So, if we can get Golden Image Podcast over four thousand. Uh, downloads, views, streams, whatever you want to call it, by June 30th, then we're going to bring back Slam Jam in September. Okay, and so you've got bands like on, you're going to bands there? It's not going to happen, so I'm not worried about it. Oh, bitch, this (laughs) is fucking happening. You're being called, assemble! (laughs) Murderers, assemble! Go listen to Golden Image. Go, if you haven't already, go, uh, They've got a backlog for days. Right. Every time you listen to a Murderers episode, you are not allowed to listen to it unless you also <laughs> listen to a Golden Image episode. And that needs, if you we don't make this goal, I will be very sad. Well, and I feel like everybody loves Jeremy on Murderers, so why don't you hop over to his And then they podcast? can also, they can come, oh yeah, who who told me Jeremy is my spirit animal? Oh, uh, my friend Evan. He said that he loves listening to the murders, and he said that he loves you. Why, thank you. I think he said, Jeremy's my spirit animal. I've never met Evan, but I love you, too. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think he used those words. Those are the words I'm using. I take it back. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, shit. Now I forget what I was even saying. You were talking about human flesh. No. Okay, so it's a no from Ashley, a yes from Jeremy, and a no from me, And even though it's my own arm. We were talking about getting plays for Golden Image. Were you guys bringing back eating flesh again? I thought we were done with the... Oh. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. What I was getting at was... I, f- I remember what I was getting at. at. I was getting at that if we do make this happen, you guys can all come. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Just bring a dish. Yeah. Bring a dish. Yeah, yeah potluck. A, yeah, that's BYOB, exactly, yeah. bring a side dish. And, uh, you know, you Good. have to put together your own volleyball team, and we'll set the brackets up. You have to get a hold of me. Look but at. first... By June 30th, we have to have over 4,000 streams. Okay. Challenge accepted. Challenge accepted. Just saying. So, speaking of doing weird stuff with your friends, uh, we're going to jump right into today's <laughs> story. Um, so, I'm a sucker for those ranked articles, you know, like the ones that pop up on your social media feeds that have headlines like, the top 10 cases that will keep you up at night. Yeah. Or same. the most gruesome stories that have no explanations. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Okay. So. The clickbait. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. There's like 15 pop ups on the page. You probably got a virus on your computer just for reading the list. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It really takes me back to being a teenager and finding these articles at 2 a.m. on my desktop computer when I should have <clears> been <throat> fast asleep to go to school the next day. So that is how I found this story. <laughs> Of course. <laughs> and uh, this is a story of two best friends. Oh, she's so Aww, hands. they're holding hands. Your two. hands are so cold. My hands are always cold. That's because that arm is dead. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry, I'm a smoker. <laughs> this is the story of two best friends who did the unthinkable. 
and one of the most notorious cases of murder in New Zealand history. Oh. Is it the Slender Man one? That was no. not New Zealand. My sources are Wikipedia, duh, uh, the government website of New Zealand history, and a YouTube video by Strangeland. So to start our story, we have to give the backgrounds of the people involved. Doctor, oh. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. Dr. Henry Hume uh, was an extremely intelligent and sought-after physicist living in the UK. He excelled in mathematics and several areas of science, specifically quantum theory, so much so that he was even a part of the Manhattan Project. Interesting, right? Hell yeah. In 1936, he met fellow student at the University of Liverpool, Hilda, who he would soon marry. And Henry and Hilda were total opposites. Uh, while Henry was more to himself and just kind of reserved, Hilda wanted to always go out and do things. She was just a total social butterfly, just had a big personality. Uh, but despite their differences, two years after they were married, Hilda gave birth to their daughter, Juliet. So Juliet Marion Holm was born on October 28th, 1938, which was right at the beginning of World War II. During this time, London was in just complete disarray. One of the most notable occurrences was during 1940 to 1941, where London was continuously bombed by Germany, and that was called... Does anybody know? Does anybody remember? Do you remember any of your uh, social studies classes? <laughs> I was going to say D-Day. No. That's nope. not right. <clears throat> the D-Day is yeah something totally different. Storm the beaches of Normandy. <laughs> Nope, it's called the Blitz. Do you guys the remember Blitz. that? The Blitz. Wasn't that Marvel? Battle of the Bulge. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I'm oh, sorry. Okay. So it's safe to say we're just on the first episode of the night, really. <laughs> no, <it's laughs> we're so already, bad already. Loopy. So it's safe to say that things were pretty shitty the first couple years of Juliet's life. And due to the chaos of war and the bombings, Juliet was said to have developed some PTSD. And while Juliet was still a toddler, her parents had a second child that they named Jonathan. But Jonathan, that's the only time I'm ever going to talk about him. I don't know why he's not mentioned ever again. <laughs> so on top of the situations surrounding her in the world, Juliet was a very sickly child. She had developed a long case of pneumonia. She had a bad bout of bronchitis, and she even had tuberculosis. Uh, because of her illnesses, the war, and her mother having a new baby, Juliet was sent to live with her um, friends of the family in the Bahamas. Um, the hope was that the calmer atmosphere and warmer weather would allow her to heal and get better. But another reason I believe she was sent away was that Hilda was kind of a shitty mom. She didn't seem to want to take care of her children much, and she stated that Juliet needed, quote, too much attention. <laughs> God forbid, those damn kids. So maybe shipping her off to the Bahamas was more for Hilda and not so much for Juliet, but who knows. Eventually, for reasons unknown, Juliet was then moved from the Bahamas and sent to live with a different friend of the family in the Bay of Islands in New Zealand. And then a few months after that, in 1948, Juliet's father, Henry, was offered a job as the rector of the University of Canterbury in Christchurch, New Zealand. The rector is like a 
like the president. Some cool places, though, to be able to travel. To. Yeah, yeah, especially at such a young mm-hmm. age. Yeah. Um, so with Juliet, 10 years old at this point, and already there, her parents and brother packed up and immigrated to New Zealand. Um, like I said, if you didn't know what a rector is, I didn't at all. I was thinking an erector. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking erector. So, so penis. <laughs> I'm a one it always trick. comes back. I'm around. a one-trick pony. <laughs> I was thinking erector set, like you know, you had the little wheels and you put the. Yeah, little, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, erector set. Um, so it's kind of like the <laughs> I president, don't know what the fuck that is. or the most senior official within the university. So the residents of Christchurch were just elated to know that Dr. Henry Holm was moving there because he was extremely well known and well respected worldwide. So who wouldn't be excited? But knowing what we know about Henry, this attention wasn't exactly what he would want, but it was exactly what Hilda wanted. She loved the attention, so much so that it started making her think that she was better than everyone because everyone knew her husband and knew her family. Mm-hmm. And after the homes settled in, the residents started changing how they felt. Hilda was just pretentious while Henry was extremely reserved and avoided everyone. It made people not like them and they didn't have very many friends or anyone close to them in New Zealand. So, despite her family's reputation, Juliet was able to make a really good friend. Pauline Parker was born on May 26, 1938, in Christchurch, New Zealand. And Pauline's father, Herbert Reaper, was married to Louisa Reaper, whom he had two sons by. Now, Louisa thought that they had a really good marriage, and they were just a happy family. But, uh... Herbert wasn't on that same wavelength as Louisa. He met uh, Honora Parker, who was 22 years younger than him. It's a pretty name. Honora, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they, well, I don't want to say that they fell in love, but they, you know, they hit it off. Fucked. They're boning. <laughs> so much so that Herbert abandoned his family and took off with Honora. Oh, Lord. Don't leave your f- <sighs> Stop leaving your family and run off with your 22. <laughs> Just start over. You're going to get her pregnant and you're going to have fucking two families. So they moved a lot to continuously avoid Louisa and the sons. And instead of using her legal name, Honora would put anything in writing as Honora Reaper, even though they were never married because, you know, he's married to another woman. But uh, Honora and Herbert went on to have four children together and one of them being Pauline. Fun fact... They also used Reaper as the last name for their children. So some articles will state that Pauline's last name was Reaper, but in fact it was Parker, her mom's legal last name. So when Pauline was five years old, she was sent to the hospital for osteomyelitis. And that is an infection within the bone marrow, which has like really long lasting effects, including chronic pain that's nearly debilitating. Obviously, it's inside your bones. Yeah. So at the beginning of 1952, Juliet, who was 14, and Pauline, who was 13, they first met. And they were both students at Christchurch Girls' School. Since they both had been sickly children that caused them to endure these really lifelong debilitating effects, they couldn't participate in strenuous activities like gym class. So as they sat out of the events that they couldn't join, they began just connecting. First, it started over small talk and then led them into telling uh, each other the stories of their ailments that they had both been through. And the more they talked during these activities, the more they were able to learn about one another. And eventually, they discovered that they both shared a passion for fantasy. 
this love and passion for fantasy blossomed into more and more time spent outside of school together. Yes. Do you know like roughly what year it is now? Is it like the, the 1940s? 1952. 52, okay. Yes. Yes. <clears throat> um, so the friendship was just growing rapidly. They started writing stories, books, and plays about fantastical places and characters. And sometimes they would even act out the plays and the stories that they wrote. The world they created became even more intense when they created new names for one another. And the names to me are so boring. (laughs) Pauline was Gina and Juliet was Deborah. Yeah, Yeah, those those are are, (laughs) pretty boring. (laughs) Uh, So along with the new names, they created a new religion. Fuck yeah, they did. All right. They sure did. This religion um, had an alternative to heaven, and it was called the Fourth World. This place was where music and art was celebrated. They started worshiping celebrities and musicians that they believed were saints of the Fourth World. One of these saints was opera singer uh, Mario Lanza, who they both really enjoyed. God, I've been living in the Fourth World for a long time. (laughs) Boring. That sounds really boring. Gina and Tina, they like opera. Deborah. It's Deborah. Deborah. (laughs) So, um, during the video created by Strangeland, he made a very good point as to why they created this world, these new names, and why their friendship caught fire the way that it did. Considering both of them were so sickly and moved quite a bit, they had to use their imaginations to create their own world. It probably was the only consistent thing that they could hang on to. And they both didn't have very many friends or close relationships. So once they found someone that was just like them, they held on swiftly and held on tight. So this allowed them to get through the day to day. Pauline and Juliet dreamed of one day moving to Hollywood and publishing the books and stories that they had written and becoming actresses. But the more they created this fantasy world, the more they become absolutely inseparable. The parents started worrying about the amount of time they were spending with one another because it was becoming borderline obsessive. In August of 1952, so they haven't been friends for very long. Right, right. Pauline and Juliet went on a bike ride around Christchurch, and at some point during the ride, they came upon this beaut- <laughs> big, beautiful. Oh. beautiful open field. And living this picturesque moment, they sat down their bikes and ran out into the field, just enjoying the moment. Aw. Sounds great, yeah, right? Yeah, that sounds really nice. Then they began taking off their clothes and dancing with each other, frolicking about. Still sounds nice to me. Yeah, but they're 13 and 14 years old. Oh, well, yeah, that's weird. In the middle of a city. By a church, right? No, Christ Church is the name of the Sorry. Of the city. Sorry. <laughs> so Pauline's mother began to think that the two girls may have been in a romantic and sexual relationship due to the amount of time that they had been spending together and how absolutely infatuated they were with one another. Now add the naked frolicking and the girls were also taking baths together. So, I mean, they were teenage girls and it didn't necessarily have to be sexual in any nature. Some girls are just insanely close and for lack of better terms, soulmates. You feel comfortable around each other. But this was not the time period that it was okay. So, (laughs) you remember when your dad thought we were gay because we took showers together? Sure do. (laughs) Sure do. But but showers and baths. No, (laughs) but showers and baths are very different. A bath is very intimate. Yes. Like you're touching, like. Yes. I wouldn't think that it would just be the opposite. I would think that a shower would be more intimate because it's. 
Because you're because like exposed. You're, well, and you're a little bit closer to be underneath. Yeah, this. but in a bath, you're like laying down next to each other. Well, no, and well, in the shower, you take turns. Because How like, big are, is your bathtub? It's not a jacuzzi. It's not, it's not the jacuzzi, but I mean, not you know, jacuzzi. we're only talking about. It's not Damn. The <laughs> it's <laughs> jacuzzi. not the jacuzzi. But we're talking about young Oh, I can't do this. These words should not come out of my mouth. We're talking about young teenage girls taking a bath together. They're not like full size adults. So um, adults. No, when you see pictures of them, they look a lot older than 13 and 14. And okay. think about the size of bathtubs in 1952. Well, you got a bunch of those old claw tubs that were really big. A full soak tub. Oh, what a dream. Yeah, seriously. Like you hurt your elbows because they're so high up. But, I, but what the point was is that you could <laughs> set it each end. We're daydreaming about shower. bathing together. <laughs> <laughs> I am not daydreaming about these two bathing together. Sorry. <laughs> um, with a shower, though, you only had the shower head. And you, if you both went in the water, you're going to be very close. I would think that the shower would be more intimate. I just got to say, if you're daydreaming about Ashley and I taking a bath together, you owe us four ninety nine on our anchor yeah, yeah, four ninety nine a month. Or what is it? OnlyFans, whichever one you <laughs> prefer to donate to. Anyway, like today, behaving this way probably wouldn't be such a huge deal. I mean, if they were romantic partners, is what I mean. Um, in the nineteen fifties, homosexuality was considered a serious I mental health I, issue. I think being sexual at thirteen though is is a little early. Oh, for sure. So I still think it's it would be a cause of concern, not for it being like a gay thing but it was a gay thing well i know but i'm just saying that wouldn't be the issue today the issue would just be like you shouldn't be doing sexual things when you're 13 don't do the sex yeah yes you can be the gay don't do the sex (laughs) until you're like i don't know like what 17 i don't know what the appropriate age is i was a virgin till i was 20 so yeah me too Shut up, Jay. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you were a virgin with that fucking hair when you married Bobby. <laughs> oh, my God, that perm was epic. Yeah, it was. It was that epic. was beautiful hair. Yeah, Should we put that picture in? No. Oh, my God, That's please. Not. It's I, I'm not embarrassed by it. It was, you know. It was, it, a it was the time. Yeah. You were very stylish for that time. Yeah. No, no. You weren't no, just a bad perm, but <laughs> enough to get married to a babe. And so for real, she's pretty hot. Yeah, the, yeah. the hair. We both mm-hmm. the hair of the eighties. So yeah, in the early nineties. Hers 90s. was very tame compared yeah. to yours, yeah. Jeremy. Yeah. Which one's the bride? Which I one's was. <laughs> I was a rock star, lady. He was a rock star. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Juliet's mother really didn't think it was anything weird going on. Um, The same way that her husband and Pauline's parents had been thinking, but she was still letting Pauline come over and stay the night and didn't mind that the girls were spending this amount of time together. But was this because she was paying attention or because she didn't see it the same way? Or was it because she was just so self-involved and right? She probably just didn't care. She's probably just like she's entertaining her, so whatever. Exactly. Um, Considering the way that Juliet was raised and how Pauline was raised, they saw the homes being very differently um or saw the homes differently Juliet was annoyed by her parents she basically thought they were stuck up they thought they were better than everyone which I mean 
Her mm-hmm. mom did. Um, she thought they were just too good. But Pauline saw them as being wealthy, sophisticated, educated. She respected them way more than Juliet did and led her to feeling bad about her own home life and her own parents, especially the weird, wacky situation that they were in. <laughs> but now let's jump back into the girls' relationship. Between the two girls, Juliet seemed to be more the leader of the two when and she took charge more. Sorry, at the time, did Pauline know that her dad had a whole other family that he had left behind or something? I don't know. Okay. I I know she. I mean, at didn't, fourteen, yeah, you're not stupid. Yeah, she knew that they weren't married because her mom had a different last name. She had a different last mm-hmm. name. Hmm. Um, yeah. Uh. And yeah. in the fifties, that's like whoa, like yeah. whoa, <laughs> whoa, what's going on here? <laughs> Jesus does not like that. <laughs> he sure doesn't. Um, so yeah, Juliet was like the leader, the one who took charge. Pauline was just kind of going with the flow. Even in her writings, Juliet or her character would always have a more prominent role in the stories. And Pauline was just kind of like the follower. She was a side character. She just went along with everything Juliet wanted her to do. Um, and I couldn't help but think that Pauline loved Juliet and Juliet loved Juliet. That's what I was what I mean. just thinking. Well, and when you come from a house like that, not I mean, not you, like, I don't know. This is just me making assumptions. But when you come from a house like that, like you, you have that automatic, like ego, false confidence kind of mm-hmm. that you don't need. And it sounds like Pauline came from a home where like she didn't really have a lot of self-esteem. Yeah. So that, I mean, yeah, right there. Sure. Um, Honora could see right through the entire friendship. She could see her daughter loving Juliet and that Juliet loved Pauline solely because Pauline dedicated everything to Juliet. Mm -hmm. It was very lopsided. And Honora really began to feel uncomfortable with their friendship even more and thought Juliet was just a bad influence on her daughter. But by the time winter came, Juliet caught tuberculosis again and was hospitalized. Uh, The parents of the girls thought this was a really good chance for the girls to spend some time apart and learn to be away from one another, but that didn't stop them. Pauline wrote daily to Juliet, and she was the only person who was writing to Juliet. No one visited her, aside from her mother, one time, and no other friends were contacting her. So, not only were they writing normal letters to one another, they also began writing these extremely long letters and different characters. And some of these characters were Prince Charles and Lancelot. And the letters were just pages and pages and pages of stories as they pretended to be Prince Charles or Lancelot. If anything, their relationship didn't change or maybe it even got stronger due to the constant flow of letters back and forth as themselves and as the characters. So when Juliet was released from medical care, the friendship started right off where it left off, basically like they didn't even have that time apart. Juliet stated that she felt like she was indebted to Pauline since Pauline was the only one who ever wrote her. Right. That must have made her feel really special. Maybe she was like, wow, like she actually does care. Exactly. Than the superficial relationships like in her household that she's used to. Exactly. Um, She felt like she owed her. So now the dynamic between them was more balanced instead of Juliet taking all the attention. She also gave adequate attention back to Pauline. In 1953, during summer vacation, Pauline wasn't invited to the home house like she had always been, which was hurtful to her, obviously. And um, her parents took their concerns about Pauline and her obsession to a psychiatrist. And he believed as well that the girls had a sexual relationship. This could simply be because the psychiatrist saw Pauline before he had a session with Herbert. 
or before he saw Pauline, he had a session with Herbert and Honora first. Right, right. Which you're not supposed to do because <laughs> it distorts the perspective. Yeah, psychology's changed a lot in the past 70 years. I oh, think. <laughs> for sure. But we'll never know for sure if that's why the psychiatrist right, right. made that comment. In 1954, the girls were still just as close as they ever were. They began talking about how they were going to move to Los Angeles. And uh, they figured out a plan to set everything into motion, knowing her mother, Hilda, was the one that was kind of on the girl's side, which I don't think she was on their side necessarily more than not giving a fuck what was going on. Yeah, but Um, they gave him an ally. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Juliet went to talk to her mother about the plan that they had and to help them pull it off. And as she walked into her parents' room to talk, she discovered her mother nude and in bed with another man. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Oops. (laughs) So Hilda told Juliet that Henry knew she was having an affair and he was totally cool with it. Why would you tell that to your daughter? Why would you... Be boning your lover while your daughter's downstairs. God, so fucked. (laughs) Literally. Um, (laughs) She also said that they had made their own plan to have Hilda's lover move in with them and keep staying married like everything was just peach keen fine. And he still lived there. Yes. What the So Juliet thought it was kind of funny and interesting, but just kept like being so much like her mother she just kept talking about herself and the plans that her and pauline had wanted to put into action yeah mom whatever i don't care he's cool (laughs) listen to this so now it doesn't seem can you stop going up and down (laughs) 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 too much i need to talk to you (laughs) gross still God, the intro I wrote for next week's is going to be so perfect because I literally <laughs> opened it perfectly. So tune in next week to Murderance. Yeah, <laughs> that's a teaser. My opener, oh, we're not done here my yet. My opener literally equates to what just happened. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> now, it doesn't seem like what Hilda said was all truth in regards to the lover moving in or him knowing about the lover, but he honestly may have because he was too busy having his own affair. Nice. Well, maybe, yeah, maybe it was a mutual thing. Maybe it was consensual or, yeah. well, you know what I mean? Not yeah. Consensual, but. They may, have, they may have been just both checked out of the marriage yeah, and was like, just, you do your thing, I'll do mine. Swinging. It's, I it's mean, called an open relationship. Yeah. Yep. It's, yeah. Uh, polygamy. Right? Nope. Open relationship is different oh. than a polygamist. Polygamist is like marrying more than one person, right? It's like having a relationship with more than polyamorous? one person. Polyamorous? Yes. That's polyamory. That's polygamist. Polygamist is like frowned upon. Fuck polyamory is different. Sex more than one. Um, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Sorry. Now that we've offended some of the population. Uh, after the conversation with Juliet, Hilda decided to talk to Henry about what Juliet and Pauline's plans were. Then Henry decided he was going to talk to the girls himself about what they were wanting to do, going to Los Angeles. And after their conversation, their plans seemed to be at a standstill. Henry knew what to say. I mean, he was really intelligent he was this big director he knew what to say to make the girls not feel so gung-ho about leaving so quickly but the girls were happy with the conversation that they had nonetheless hilda and henry started making their own plans about their marriage and henry wanted to go back home to london but on the way back this just listen we are (laughs) henry wanted to go back to london but on the way back he wanted to take a vacation in south africa to visit his sister okay he was hoping to take juliet with him 
And he was going to leave her in South Africa with her aunt until he was settled and could come back to London. She could come back to London with him. She's a teenager. I think she can adapt and help you settle. Exactly. It's not like she's an infant. And still, like, how are you functioning? And, and just to, this girl's all over. She's just thrown wherever. Yeah, yeah. And the mom was just like, cool. Yeah, exactly. And That's mind weird. you, she has a brother, Jonathan. Nothing is said about what's going on with Jonathan. Well, that's because men can do whatever the fuck they want. So he probably just was around. <laughs> Jeremy's face. <laughs> can you tell my wife that? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> so when Pauline and Juliet heard that this was her father's plan, they thought, oh, that's fine. We'll both go to South Africa. Then while they were there, they would figure out a way to get to the United States. And they were sure that Henry and Hilda would be totally cool with Pauline coming along. But Pauline's mother, she wasn't so easily swayed. She wasn't going to go with their plan. To them, she was the one person that was going to keep them apart and keep them from their dreams. By June of 1954, Pauline's diary entries started talking about their secret plans. On the 19th, it reads, thrilled by the idea, naturally we feel a truffle nervous about the pleasure of anticipation is great. On the 21st, it reads, we decided to use a rock and stocking rather than a sandbag. We discussed the murder. I feel keyed up as if it was planning a birthday surprise. Excuse me. As if I was planning a surprise party. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> that was, was a, a lot of different words. It oh, was. okay. I fucking hate quotes, man. On the morning of June 22nd, 1954, Juliet was getting ready to spend the day with Pauline and her mother. On her way back to their home, Juliet took a brick that was broken in half from the side of her own house, wrapped it in paper, and hid it inside of her purse. When they got to Pauline's house, Juliet gave the brick to her and she put it in a stocking, then put it in her bag. The plan the three had was to go to Victoria Park in Christchurch to enjoy the day together. As they walked to the park, they stopped at a little kiosk that was selling tea and snacks. They bought some, and then after leaving the kiosk, they went to the park for the walk. That's so annoying because, sorry, I'll, I'll say it after it happens. Because <laughs> I already know what's going to happen. Okay. It's pissing me off because Paul, Pauline's mom's letting them hang out even though she's weirded out by the whole situation. It's yeah. annoying. Yeah. Anyway. The girls waited until they were about 500 feet into the park in a heavily wooded area. This is where Juliet dropped a pink stone in front of Honora, and then Honora bent down to pick up the stone. And then Pauline began to bludgeon her mother with the brick and the stocking. Juliet helped take Honora to the ground and then grabbed the stocking and started beating her in the head. Originally, they thought that one strike in the head with, in, with the brick would kill her, but it took about 20 times for her to lose consciousness. Oh, my God. Pauline and Juliet turned around and started running back up the walking path that they came from. They were completely covered in blood as they ran up to the same kiosk that they had just visited. They began telling the owners, Agnes and Kenneth Ritchie, that Honora had tripped and fallen and hitting hitting her head and was knocked out. Oh my God. Don't even say like an attacker was in the woods. Nope. Woof. Nope. Agnes took the girls uh, who were acting distraught into the kiosk to calm them down. Kenneth then set down the path to find Honora. And when he discovered her body, he saw devastating injuries to her head, face, and neck. He thought the injuries weren't comparable to a simple fall or trip. 
The police were called by Agnes at the kiosk, and when they arrived, they thought the same thing as Kenneth. Shortly after arriving, they found part of the weapon, which was the stocking in the woods nearby. Um, By the time that the police had began investigating the scene, Juliet's father had been called by Agnes, saying an accident had happened to Honora. Henry had picked up the girls from the kiosk and left. He took them back to the home's house, where everyone everyone went on, like nothing had ever happened, everything was normal, and somehow he didn't suspect anything bizarre had went on, considering both girls were covered in blood. Right, and it's like, okay, you pick them up and you take them home, like your wife's laying in the woods right now, right? Nope, this is Pauline's mother, Hanora, not Hilda, Henry's wife. So he was just getting them out of the situation. Okay. Yes. That makes sense. Yes. Police were suspicious, though. They brought in a special crime investigation unit to the scene and to start working on the case. And later that night, the investigators called Henry to let him know that they were coming to talk to Juliet and Pauline. And they also called Pauline's father, Herbert, who gave the investigators permission to interview Pauline, which is bizarre and weird in itself that they called ahead of time. I'm assuming because he was a prominent person within their society that they were trying to give him a heads up. Before law enforcement arrived at the home home, Hilda received sedatives from her lover. And he was also at the home at the time. And those sedatives Hilda used to drug both of the girls and knock them completely out. I know. Why? I don't know. Like they're in shock? Like what? I don't know. Hilda then decided to use this time to go into Juliet's room and skim through her daughter's diaries. And in that, in those diaries, she found evidence that this was a planned murder. So she hid them. She then woke up both the girls to prepare them for the interviews. The police arrived and told both of them that there was no way possible that Pauline's mother simply fell, hit a rock, and died. But Pauline still went on with the story that Honora had chipped. <laughs> and this is where it gets funny. But she said she just kept falling and hitting her head over and over and over again. That's that kid logic. Yep. I mean, you just you just dig your feet in deeper. Exactly. Even if it, even though it makes no fucking sense. And obviously, they didn't believe her. <clears throat> when the investigators asked about the stocking and why it was covered in blood, Pauline told them that she always kept an extra stocking on her in case of needing one. And when she saw her mother and how much she was bleeding, she pl- tried to pull out the spare stocking and tried to wipe up the blood and the brick and fell it. out <laughs> the, uh, the brick wasn't in the stocking it was just the stocking oh when they found it you yes mean? yeah once they were done talking to pauline they moved on to interviewing juliet she stated that she had walked away from pauline and honora and when she came back honora was on the ground hurt and pauline was panicking and unsure what they should oh do. that bitch the police finished their interview with juliet and went back to question pauline And they pulled the old switcheroo and started saying that Pauline was the sole person to blame for Honora's death, telling her what Juliet said in her questioning. Eventually, Pauline was so beat down, no pun intended, um, sorry, (laughs) that uh, she confessed the murder, but said Juliet had nothing to do with any of it. And she loved her. Pauline was arrested, but Juliet wasn't. When Pauline was jailed, she was allowed to keep a diary. In this diary, she wrote that Juliet had gotten away with it, and the home family was so good to her, and no one would find out that it was both girls who committed the crime. It's so weird because, and I'm not dismissing what Pauline has done, obviously, but it's... Ah, shit, now I forget what I was about to say. <laughs> I literally just had a brain fart. It's gone. 
there it goes. Seriously, that's gonna drive me nuts. I had a good point. Is that gonna smell? Uh, no, it, it wasn't spicy. Ju- <laughs> it wasn't spicy. So obviously, the jailers read the diary, and um, the way it was interpreted, this made them think that maybe there was this was a normal thing that Pauline did, and that she often wrote in a diary. So they decided to see if there were more entries somewhere. Okay, well, I remember my thing. Your fart came back. <laughs> my fart came back. <laughs> it's back up there. She sucked it. So yeah, head. my the, what I was gonna say is that like it's it's crazy because, and I'm not dismissing what Pauline did, but she's the one that went away when. Juliet was probably the more dangerous, the the sociopath, and she was kind of just a follower. You know what I mean? We'll talk more about that at the end of the hour. Okay. That seems to happen. Like, she took the fall because she's in love with her, but then it's like, she wasn't really the more dangerous. Or it doesn't seem like that right now, anyway. I'm wiggling my eyebrows. Yeah, she is. She's like, shut up. You're wrong, bitch. You're wrong. I'm right. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) The police showed up to Pauline's house and searched her room looking for a diary. And sure enough, they found them. Inside the diaries were the entries that told the whole story of the plan, including Juliet's implementation. So police went back to the Holmes house to the Holmes home. (laughs) I hate, I hate that name. That's awful. You said Holmes house. (laughs) Holmes house so many times. Holmes home. They went back to the Holmes home (laughs) to question Juliet again. But this time, she just admitted to it all. She was arrested and taken to the same jail as Pauline and put in the same holding cell as her. Oh, Jesus Christ. Let them get their story together. Right. Nothing like this had ever happened in New Zealand before. So obviously the media and the press was just going insane. Then to add that to this was two young teenage quote unquote lesbians who documented everything during a period of time where all of this had never been heard of before. Everyone was having a field day with coverage on it. The diaries were considered by the court to be a full confession, which led the defense in a sticky situation. The defense tried to pull the old guilty by insanity plea but even though the public thought they were insane the court established that they were fit to stand trial Mm -hmm. and uh this caused the media to begin pushing the narrative that these girls were quote evil lesbians unquote yeah hail satan so during the entire trial Polly and juliet stood by each other's sides they said they um they could they would do it all over again if they could Juliet went as far to say that she would kill anyone who got in the way of their relationship. They both said they were happy that they killed Honora and all the hysterics that they had displayed after the incident. They were all for show. During the trial, Pauline and Juliet were seen whispering to one another, giggling and smiling at each other. They seemed to still be in that fantasy world that they had created. The court didn't buy the defense's plea of insanity, but they did believe that the girls may have had um, a thing called folie a Have you ever heard of this? No, it's a lovely word, though. So folie a is a French term meaning the madness of two. And this is a rare occurrence where two people can share the same mental instabilities um, or they are literally driven mad when together. Yes, I've heard of that. They almost like create it, it within each other and then... Mm-hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a real disorder where one person convinces another of delusions and vice versa. I so, read about uh, twins that yeah. had it. Those two twins, they killed. Who did they? They killed someone. I'll have to look into it. I'm sorry. Yeah, you I'm should sorry. cover that because it's a really good case. I, I, I will. You should. Yeah. I've said I will. <laughs> so 
in this situation in Folia Dua, uh, one person is the inducer and originally has the mental instabilities, and they're they are able to over time share those same instabilities onto someone they are close to. It's often seen in women and people who are extremely close to an obsessive level. Um, so they see it with twins a lot. There's another case I'm going to cover where there's a situation of folie adwa. And, and, and when they're apart, it's like... Everything's fine. Everything's fine. But when they're together... And I, <coughs> I've been in situations with Ouch. people where I feel like a totally different person when I'm like, I've been in a relationship where I felt like a totally different person or been around someone that just fucking drives me crazy. I like have anger built up inside of me that I've never had before. So I, I have totally, that. And they're not doing anything. Right. I have that. I have that right now huh? in this room. <laughs> Which one of us is? <laughs> she looked at me when she said it. <laughs> So after two and a half hours of deliberation, the jury came back that the girls were guilty. They were tried as minors because they were 14 and 15 years old. And when the conviction came back, it was documented that Pauline looked to Juliet and whispered something. And then they both just smiled. That is so fucking creepy, dude. Now the story is going to get intense. Oh my god, it's not, that's not it. That's not the end. Holy fuck balls. That is not the end. Both girls were sentenced to five years in prison. Oh no, that's not very long. That's not very long, no. Pauline was imprisoned in Christchurch prison, uh, Christchurch prison and Juliet was imprisoned in Auckland. So Hilda went on to divorce Henry and marry the man that she was having an affair with, whose name is Bill. And she changed her name and moved out of New Zealand, leaving Juliet in prison. And Henry did what he said he was going to do and moved back to London, getting remarried and leaving Juliet as well. While serving their time in prison, both girls realized that the connection they once had dissipated. When they were released in 1959 at 19 and or excuse me, 19 and 20 years old, they both changed their names. Uh, Juliet moved back to her home in London and changed her name to Anne Stewart Perry. She jumped around from job to job, but established herself as a flight attendant and by doing this she could get a passport and a visa and then fulfilled her dream of going to the united states she went to los angeles and stayed eventually converting to mormonism by her mid-20s but even with all of these changes she never lost her passion for writing i was just gonna say if like they should be authors like why are they fucking around being a flight attendant anyway in 1994, Peter Jackson created a movie adaptation of the Parker Holm murder case called Heavenly Creatures. And this was Jackson's first mainstream movie release starring Melanie uh, Lin- Linsky. I think is how you pronounce it. Linsky. Don't read ahead. Mm, I wasn't. <laughs> and she was the she's the brunette from Two and a Half Men. The one that's obsessed. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. There's shit going on right now with her. Someone some model. Like, body shamed her. Yeah, I saw that. Um, <clears throat> she's also from New Zealand. She's a sexy And she played, she played Pauline, the one from New Zealand. And Kate Winslet, who starred in Titanic, <gasps> is English. Oh, my God. I want to watch this movie so bad. And she played Juliet, Juliet who was English. Isn't that funny? Um, so, 
Shortly after the film was released, journalist Lynn Ferguson discovered that the popular author Anne Perry was actually Juliet Holm. When this information was released, journalists would question Anne about her past, and she came out straightforward admitting to it. She said that she made peace with the situation, and due, her, due to her Mormonism, she has been forgiven for what had gone on. She also made it public that her and Pauline never had a sexual or romantic relationship. Uh, she also said that she helped Pauline with the murder because she felt like she owed her something, and that she was scared of Pauline and scared that Pauline would unalive herself if she didn't. Um, so, in 1979, she published her first novel under the name Anne Perry, and this started a very successful career for her as a historical mystery writer. She was able to have this great career without anyone ever finding out that she, what she had done as a teenager. Insane. And her books are very, very popular. Have you read any? Are they I have good? not. No. Are you going to now? Uh, I think now I will. But they're like... Because, I mean, you like historical stuff, so... Yeah, they're kind of... I don't know. I looked at the covers of them because we have some of them at work, and they're really cheesy covers. They're Maybe really... there's some smut in them. No, she's Mormon. Yeah, there's right? not there's going not. to be. Ugh. No. Lame. Yeah. So... Pauline's life after prison was unknown for the most part. It wasn't until it came out about Anne Perry being Juliet that journalists started looking more into where Pauline may be. Journalist Chris Cook found her in the United Kingdom where she had changed her name to Hillary Nathan. Um, there he found that she had been living a quiet, recluse life on a farm, running a horse riding school for kids. And Pauline refused to be interviewed, but her sister did come forward on her behalf. She stated that her sister was now a devout Catholic and spends most of her time alone and mostly in prayer. Um, they believe that the murder of Honora was a situation that got out of hand and just went too far. And it took well into Hillary's adulthood to realize that she the, the gravity of what she actually did. Right, right. Yeah. So Juliet and Pauline are both still alive and have stated that they don't have any contact with one another. That's insane. That's crazy. So what do you guys both think? You know what I think? I think that exactly what you said at the end is the truth. I believe all of that. I believe that they it just got out of hand. They were kids. They lived in this fantasy world. They didn't understand the gravity of what they were doing. And now they have found god or whoever their god is and and just are living their lives that's really cool that she's an author i mean god but it's so weird but like god 13 and 14 i mean jeremy well it makes sense i mean you know what it was like being 13 and 14 i mean i i remember when i was 13 you know you know, run away and do your own thing. You know, you're too fucking smart for everybody else. Everybody doesn't know what they're talking about. But also too fucking dumb to know that you're not. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So yeah. I mean, that's just a, that's just the case of um, um, just taking it too far. You know, going beyond yeah. that. Yeah, going well, beyond that, it. that madness. That synchronized madness or yeah that that makes that theory yeah. makes the most sense. But yeah, the whole time I knew that there was somebody. One of those two turned out to be somebody famous. I mean, there was just That's a vibe about shit. the story. And the movie, what's the movie called? Beautiful Creatures? Heavenly, Heavenly Creatures. Creatures. Heavenly Creatures. I cannot wait to watch that. Which, it's so funny because Peter Jackson, I don't know where he's from, but he really likes New Zealand. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, <laughs> he really likes New Zealand for some reason. Yeah, wasn't Lord of the Rings all yeah. shot in New Zealand? Wasn't Avatar Oh, too? I don't know. Probably. Probably. Um, question question yes what Raise what year hand. was that movie made because 
Is it about them as kids? So like the the they play their children in the movie, or they play the adults like moving on from that situation. They play the teenagers. This the whole the situation. Okay, okay. It's in 1994. Okay, so it's a pretty old movie. Yeah, 30 years. Hmm. It's a long time ago. Yeah, it is. Wow, that was a great story. Thanks. I love when you say that. That was a great story. That's a good one. It started off a little slow. I'm not gonna lie. At the beginning, I was just like. Oh my god! Is it a church? Is it a town? Like, sounds boring. <laughs> well, and I had to tell the story about the parents too because I feel like a lot of who you are as a person right. revolves if around you're how not you're getting raised, that yeah. love and that attention and that need that need for not affection but just you know yeah <laughs> you get a lot of explanation of why Juliet's so disconnected. And kind of narcissistic almost because her mom is and she doesn't have love at home. Her dad's really focused on, you know, the college Mm -hmm. and her mom's focused on Bill, I guess. (laughs) And they just leave her like that. It blows my mind. They just continuously keep pushing her off. Yeah, that's insane. So no, she's damaged. Like, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, she is damaged. But yeah. Wow, that was a really good story. Thanks. And if you like this episode, why don't you go back through the archives and check out some other oldies but goodies. We have a pretty big backlog of some of the wildest cases that you can find, and we drop a new one weekly. If you want to know where to find us, check us out on Facebook or Instagram by just searching Murder Nerds uh, and Twitter. We don't really use it that much, but why not? And TikTok. Just follow us. Maybe if we get enough audience, we'll post more. I mean, we won't really have a choice. Once, if we get like a bigger following, that's true. If you need to contact <laughs> us, whether it be to talk about a case, give us some recommendations, 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 or just even tell us you love us, those are the best places to get in touch. Along with our email, which is murdernerds at gmail dot com. You can also feel free to jump on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to subscribe and give us a rate and review. This is the best and easiest way to support the podcast and everything that we are doing here at Murders and Golden Mojo Entertainment. So finger guns. They finger guns, she broke them out at the out. beginning. She broke them out at the beginning. I almost said something but I was like I'm gonna let her cool down a little bit. Thanks. <laughs> If you'd like to help the podcast monetarily, we do accept donations through Anchor to make up for uh, when we don't have ads and we don't have ads right now. So you can choose a monthly donation of 99 cent. I only put cent for <laughs> four ninety nine cent or nine ninety nine cent. And every, all three times. Uh, nope. Just the just there. And then those are just numbers. Oh, OK. Um, gotcha. So but I just over kept cent. I'd go. Uh, kept, kept I'd go. <laughs> Every cent goes right back into the studio <laughs> and right back into the podcast. Now, if you need something else to listen to while you wait for next week's episode of Murder Nerds, I'm sure that you would enjoy and love and come to adore adore and obsess over the other shows and the Golden Mojo Entertainment family of podcasts. I started going a little bit south. The call, guys. Golden Image Podcast, the United States oh. of Paranormal, Indiana Chiefs fans, and a court of books and booze. Yes, Ashley? Yes. Um, The Indiana Chiefs, no. Nope. Golden Image, we've got to get them 4,000 views. You have to do that. So, Yep. Go do that. Um, <clears throat> by the way, yes. by the way, congratulations. This is episode 60. I know it's not a big mile marker, 
but it's episode 60. Congratulations. Yay. Thanks, Shay. Also, um, we got a new um, supporter. It's uh, Brittany. Hey, so Brittany. thank you, Brittany, for your support. We appreciate you a lot. I appreciate you more than she does. Um, I appreciate you more than both of them. <gasps> this is true. He he spends all the money. So. <laughs> That's true. But they have nice chairs, don't they? We have the nice. My I butt love the chairs. has never felt better. Yeah. I like that the arms go up and down, and we can swivel, even though Jay hates it when we swivel while, while we record. We swivel. Yeah. swivel while you work. <laughs> <laughs> um, all of those podcasts can be linked in the show notes and on our social media pages. Um, and you can listen wherever you enjoy streaming podcasts. But that's it for us today. And if you haven't been told today, I think you're kind of cute. Thanks. Is it the short hair? Not you. Oh. It's my talent that, you know, from the other night. It's really. I'm talking about the (laughs) listeners. Oh. You look great today. Go check yourself out in the mirror. You know, sometimes you need to do that. Um, But uh, I hope life's going good for you. I wish I could give you a little pat on the back. Not a hug. I don't like being touched. But I'll you're touch making you. a hug motion. A pat on the back this goes is a next. Double <laughs> That's a hug. <laughs> it's there in between you. No. Well. <laughs> anyway, way to keep way to go. Good Look job. at you. Proud of you. I love you. And until next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.